Hey, welcome to the Team Babe podcast. I'm Jason, and I'm Babe. And I'm Robin, and I'm Babe. Yes, you are. Mm. <laughs> Check you out. So, how are you? Oh, so good, man. Yeah? Yeah, just getting loose, getting warmed up. Just got back from the beach. That's right. Yeah, the the uh, sea was not angry that day Yeah, or that week, my friends. Was it like a paradise? It was. It was a paradise. On earth? Pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was on earth. Um, yeah, no, it was great. Cool. Got that, uh, got that tan started, you know? I'm going to build on this base. The freckle base? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to just build it until it turns into one giant freckle. Don't do it. Okay. I won't. Well, okay, hey, good. so what are what are we up to today? So this is episode seven. Oh, seven. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's like more than six, less than <laughs> less than eight. <laughs> um, I think last time we were alluding to being real estate investors. Oh, if I recall. okay. Does that so ring a bell? That does ring a bell. Okay. So I think um, we're going to discuss the Ponzi scheme. The Ponzi. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so how does how do, how do two crazy kids from some, you know, hick town get wrapped <laughs> up in a <laughs> in a Ponzi? Yeah, like two totally wholesome all American kids. Yeah. That were chasing the American Captain of the football team. Dream. Prom queen. <laughs> I mean, how do people like that wind up, you know, entangled in some kind of crazy illegal financial pyramid scheme thing? I don't know. It's a it's a real mystery. I know. So yeah, if any of you guys know that, and then call in to the to the <laughs> live hotline and, <laughs> and let us know. Oh, I'm sorry, we're not taking any calls. Oh <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> That's not this show. No. Now, if we start taking live calls, then mm-hmm. boy, like I think we've moved on to the next level. That's some time travel. Maybe someday. <laughs> I don't know. Live calls. Boy. There's a lot of riskiness involved in those live calls. You never know what you're going to get. That's true. So um, where should we start this story? Well, where did we leave off? Well, we sort of, um, you know, we kind of discussed all the expenses and the you know, um, expectations and some of the disappointments of, you know, the, uh, our dream house. Right. And we kind of, uh, we just kind of left off with sort of the summary of buying that house and starting to become a little disillusioned, you know, based on how much everything costs. Right. And all the, all the repairs, all the bills and the stress, the stress. Yeah. Right. So, what were you going to say? And, I mean, I guess I don't really know exactly where the story starts. I, I just have a, a recollection of um, how old Charlie was, I believe. Oh, how old? I want to say Charlie was maybe a year old or 18 months old, somewhere in there. So, yeah, I think we bought um, the dream house in mm-hmm. uh, 2006, right. the year that Charlie was born. Yeah. And so this would have been, I believe, 2007. So halfway through halfway, 2007, something like maybe, that. or something. Yeah, 
or yeah. or maybe all the way through, maybe early two thousand eight. But I think that this this particular story actually starts with you. Oh yes, yeah. So I guess like I was uh you know starting to feel like I need like you know we had all this money like I was making money still right, right? and so um I had this desire to like try to um like build out like all of our resources or whatever based on like having this larger income and stuff and like trying to diversify and like work away from having to work, you know, directly like what, what I was doing and stuff like that, you know, like trying to get passive income and like, yeah, have investments and stuff like that. I mean, just to be clear. So just for anybody that maybe didn't, listen to a previous episode, this is the time when you were still working for your family business mm-hmm. where you were selling motorcycles. That's right. And um, that's very much a local business, you know, it's kind of retail based. So you were, you were probably thinking about planning for the future and trying to be smart, right? With money. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So and getting insurance and life insurance and doing yeah. all the things that like grown up grown-ups are supposed to do i guess yeah and you're probably feeling some pressure having two kids versus one and maybe being a little older and then having this house yeah you know you're probably starting to think about well you know i really should be um thinking about what's next and how do Mm -hmm. i how do i plan for that and those kind of things what do you think any of that might have been spurred on by like were things starting to slow down at the shop at all? No. At that point? Not really, huh? It was still like just going gangbusters. I think um, the only indicator that we had at that point that maybe things were slowing down just slightly as far as the like economy goes was um, we had something done with the house where there was like some kind of an evaluation. And it again, we had two mortgages. So I think that we found out that a year passed and our house did not increase in value. Like Mm. it pretty much just stayed the same in that year, which based on the year before seemed a little bit strange since everything was increasing so quickly. Right. I think other than that, we didn't really have much of an indicator that anything was wrong. And I think that things were still going well, you know, at the shop. Yeah. Well, this area, like where we live is always like, you know, way slower to respond because I remember there were already like stories about how the market was like declining and stuff. Oh, okay. See, I had at that my... point, but that didn't happen, you know, where we were living. So we were like, right. well, everything's fine here. Yeah. That's, that's what it seems like to me. That might be true. There might have been some indicators, Wall Street indicators or something that this crash was coming. But I mean, I had my head in the sand. So none of that, I didn't, I wasn't aware of anything going on outside of my little bubble right yeah that was my job (laughs) to be aware of that yes and so yeah i was like maybe i don't know like feeling like oh i need to like it's it's smart to diversify and this is like you know i'd read like real estate investing Mm -hmm. books i'd like Mm -hmm. i don't think at that point yet maybe i'd gotten like the four-hour work week you know tim ferris stuff and started thinking about that but like you know I was sort of like on that track, like, okay, like, what am I going to do with my life? Right, right. So, (laughs) um, again, it's like my memory is a little foggy in the beginning of this. And it's funny because Charlie being about a year old, this was just 
just about the point where I was going to kind of like wake up and get back to normal, but I just wasn't quite there yet. Right. So, um, you were saying that you found some kind of a mailer, right? There was some kind of a like promotional thing that you picked yeah. up. Yeah. I picked up a mailer, um, for this, this thing. And I guess like the copy, the ad copy was effective or whatever. Cause it's like, um, I can't, I can't even remember what it said, but it was like, you know, all the, all the right, like, uh, buzzwords for like, you know, passive income and mm-hmm. real estate investing, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Like all this stuff, like, you know, check out this website, call this number mm-hmm. or whatever type right. of thing, you know? And so it was Loomis wealth mm-hmm. was the name of the place. And I remember like checking it out and going, Oh, this sounds really interesting. And like, right. Probably. I think I probably like submitted uh, like my email address or something sure. like that and then got an email back or set up a call or something like that, you know? Yeah. Where they kind of got you on the hook or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you ended up going down to some kind of a, like a conference or a seminar. Like I didn't really know what it was all about. I was actually at the time thought it was like rich dad, poor dad, mm-hmm. you know, like one of those things. Right. Yeah. It kind of seemed like it was kind of like that. Similar to that. Mm-hmm. Like it seemed professional and legit, you know, and like, Oh yeah, this like this is like we're gonna teach you how to do this real estate investing, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever because real estate always goes up, like <laughs> right? It's a sure thing, or whatever. Yeah. So I didn't go to this conference thing. No. So yeah, like that's really weird. Like I remember, so I gave them my my contact info, and I'm sure some like I had I called somebody or emailed back and forth with somebody, mm-hmm. and then like they're like, well, come to this. You can come to this event, um, you know, near Sacramento right. at this hotel. And, like, I I can't even remember for sure, but I think they might have even, like, put people up oh, at wow. the hotel who were doing this. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think I had to pay for a room. Hmm. So I don't think I would have done that. Right. I don't think you would have either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how they get you, man. <laughs> that free room. <laughs> but it's like, you know, in, like. I don't know, uh, Woodland or something like that. Like, right. Oh, yeah. All those generic kind of like hotel, yeah. you know, like conference room kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, again, it's like I don't I don't even remember you even talking about what went on there. It was like, mm. uh, yeah, I got a little bit of a black hole on this. Like memory. The memory is still a little, little foggy, huh? Yeah, very much yeah. so. Well, I mean, I remember. I remember going down there. They had like... You know, like all this, all the stuff that you would expect at like a regular type of like, you know, personal wealth or whatever investing type of seminar. Mm-hmm. They had a binder. Right. You know, they had all these questions. They had like things to fill out. There were exercises and stuff like you you would break into groups and write this and that. Like it was all very designed to like, you know, get you invested, like do this work and get you invested in hearing hearing this thing out so was it like you felt like you were learning something in the process too Mm -hmm. yeah yeah right totally (laughs) (laughs) and somehow you were like answering the questions right or you know Uh, doing like you were doing well like in this process well you know i mean it's so open-ended like yeah do you remember any of the questions i don't yeah 
So, so what happened at the end of the conference? Well, I mean, like in general, it was like, well, what do you want your life to look like? Oh, yeah. Stuff like that. Like vision stuff, right? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, set your intention. I think this was probably like, was this before the secret? No, I think that was out. It was like around that whole, whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So personal success and wealth and like, you know, the, the universe aligning and all this stuff was (laughs) kind of like very big at the time and stuff and going crazy. But like, this wasn't necessarily that, Mm -hmm. but it incorporated stuff like that. But that's all like stuff, you know, in hindsight where it's like, okay, this is just roping you in and getting you, like uh, invested in this process and dreaming of what your life is going to be yeah. if you can manage to do this stuff. Yeah. So it's like first get the dream and then get a way to achieve the dream. Right. And that's what they're going to help you with. Right. And so this, this company Loomis had like several people who were part of Loomis, like talking right, and giving like a little talk on this or that, you know, aspect of investing and wealth management and like, yeah. Uh, growing wealth and stuff like that. Right. And, um, yeah, it's just really, really strange. So the person that was giving this seminar, like the main speaker, the, that was Lee Loomis, right? Yeah, but he was like kind of the, uh, you know, in hindsight also. I mean, it's also cringe, <laughs> so cringeworthy. <laughs> like he was sort of like built up as like the. The guru. Like we're waiting for we're like we're, yeah. wait, we're just waiting for this guy to come and like right. he's not here yet but he's coming uh, he's gonna talk it was like you know trying to build up this celebrity right around this person that nobody had ever yeah. heard of <laughs> <laughs> why would you he's just like some sort of huckster you know it turns out and actually like my impression of the guy when he finally did give a talk I think probably toward the end of the day right this might have been a two-day thing. Good Lord. Wow. That's crazy, huh? Yeah. Wow, just thinking about that. And I mean, there were probably like 30 people mm-hmm. that were attending this thing. So I'm sure they set them all up with these rooms. Right. Because right. I'm pretty sure they paid, they paid for it. Yeah, I'm sure so they did. So shady, man. Oh, I'm like, sure. Why would anybody pay for that? Hey, just put that little little note in your in your back pocket <laughs> yeah if anybody's like giving you things for free and you don't understand why um just kind of like ask yourself is that does that make sense <laughs> yeah because that doesn't really happen yeah i mean typically anything where you're like wow they're just so generous i i don't think they want anything <laughs> mm-hmm. is not it's not true yeah. everybody wants something uh unfortunately <laughs> so i remember Loomis saying um I guess big thing that he was talking about was like real estate investing. Yeah, that was his topic. And how this was all going to work. And there was some like, there was some way that they could make it so that like a normal person could have more mortgages because they were investment properties or something like that. He was talking about that. He's talking about how, um, you know, real estate is always going to be the best investment because like, I remember he said something about well, as long as people are getting married and having kids, like, you know, real estate is going to be the safest place yeah. to, to put your money it's or sure whatever. Thing. It's a sure thing. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I remember you saying something about there was somebody in the audience or someone that was participating in the event that like bounced, like just were like, this isn't for me. Yeah. 
Why did they say that? Did they say anything to you? No, they didn't say anything to me. I think they might have been sitting at, it was like a husband and wife probably or whatever, like older folks. I mean, keep in mind, I'm like in my late 20s. No, you're only like 26. <laughs> yeah, so that's late 20s, but that's like barely late 20s. Yeah. Um, and I mean, everybody else at this thing was like in their late 30s at the youngest or like 40s 50s 60s yeah. like these people are I th- i'm thinking of are probably in their 60s or something okay. like that and they just had like lots of um questions uh-huh that like everybody should have had yeah and they were asking them and they weren't like taking like bullshit answers really like they're pressing they're pressing yeah for they're the like answers. well how does this yeah how does this work because you know another thing was like they talked about this special account right that you could have that would that somehow they had worked out to have a guaranteed 12 percent return <laughs> <laughs> Sounds on like, like an apy like 12 percent, which is ridiculous right yeah for any investment i mean why wouldn't everybody put all of their money in in that for right. all times and just not deal not with do any, anything else. Any other bank or whatever. Right. Yeah. So that, that person in, in particular was like, well, how are you doing that? And could they answer that? Yeah. No. So did they just kind of bullshit? Like how do they get around that? Oh, well they could answer it, but it wasn't like, I mean, thinking back on it, it wasn't like a, solid, a legitimate oh, answer. Okay. Like yeah. if you knew anything or had any skepticism in your heart. Right. Right. <laughs> You'd yeah. be like, okay. Yeah. That's like, enough for me. Yeah. So seriously, like had just nobody been screwed over before <laughs> that was there? I mean, I don't know how many, if any of those people ended up becoming part of this thing. But if like, I had to guess, I'm sure at least half of them did. Yeah. So then when the, did those people actually leave or like just ex- excuse themselves or something? I don't remember for sure. Oh, okay. But I, th- I mean, it didn't deter you. I mean, the, the bottom line is hearing their questions and all those things didn't necessarily deter you or make you feel, you know, like not confident about it. No, because they had like worked out answers that sounded like they could be plausible like right. at the time. Right. Of course, now in hindsight, well, they're sure. not plausible at <laughs> I all. I mean, if you're just thinking about like, in the moment. So, you know, the people that were those few probably just two people that were vocally dissenting yeah. about the thing. It was like, um, you, you know, you kind of felt like, like what are these, what's these people's what's problem? Them? Yeah. Yeah. Why yeah. are they such assholes? Why uh-huh. don't they think they can, you know, be, so, become rich or they just real estate investors or something. You so know? negative. Yeah. Yeah. It just came yeah. off as negative, right? It's yeah. just, yeah, they didn't, they didn't have the positivity right. to, to go through with this the and vision. be successful, you the know? Vision, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it's just like such a setup. Like oh, people, for sure. Yeah, like we are just so uh, susceptible to that. Yes, people are. yes. And I remember, like, um, it wasn't too long, maybe after all this stuff kind of happened. Um, some friends of ours said um, it was like a social media post, and they said um, in a, in like Thailand or somewhere, there's like a certain kind of monkey that will um, be trapped by putting its hand inside of a container that has like a treat inside of it. And they can't get the treat out, you know, with their hand closed around the treat. If they let go of the treat, then they can escape. Mm. 
but all the monkeys get caught and trapped because they won't let go of the treat inside the pot. Mm. And I remember they, they asked the question like, you know, what would that be for you? Like, what would you not be able to let go of and be caught in the trap? And my immediate answer was the promise of something better. Whoa. (laughs) So you actually posted that on on, on um, social media? Because this was after the fact. This was after we'd gone through all this. And I realized that was my problem. And I think it was your problem, too. Yeah. It's believing that you can achieve that something better. If you just hold on to the prize, you know, like, uh, yeah. And it's a trap. It's like without actually doing any work. Right. Necessarily. Right. You like, just thought, ooh, a shiny thing. I think I'll grab it, you know. <laughs> and I'll never let it go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I don't remember that. It was a long time ago. At but it's, it just stuck with me because it, it just kind of made me, it was a good metaphor for this situation totally. for me, you know. And... um yeah, so anyway, when when this whole thing was over, um, I kind of remember, you know, sort of the aftermath of this conference was, you know, you came back and, um, you know, we sat down and talked about whatever happened at this, you know, event. And there was some paperwork and some, you know, marketing materials or something. Right. And, you know. There was, like, continued, like, work sheets and yeah. like exercises and stuff to do like if yeah. you're interested in doing this you know you have to like jump through these hoops right right yeah yeah it was like they they really set it up like most ponzi schemes are where it's like you actually have to put forth a tremendous effort to end up being involved in yeah. it and thereby you know further like committing to it because you're putting in work it, you know, it's a weird, like, mind game. Yeah. No, it, it, it like, works with ev- everything. Yeah. With money, you know. Yeah. Like, from buying a car to buying... Right. It could be anything. Groceries. Maybe not groceries, but, like, you know, anything at a store. It's like, if you're invested in it, you have the... the it's the sunk cost fallacy where it's like... Right. Well, I've put all this time into it, so you're just more and more likely to ignore any alarm bells that are going on. Mm -hmm. But also you're like, you know, you're like thinking, well, you know, like how can I give up now? Like this is, yeah, it's like I've, I've, I've drank the Kool-Aid and I believe this story and I really want to have this outcome like that they're promising. Like I, I want, that is, I've identified that as what I want. Right, because they do paint the picture. Yeah, they do. And yeah. then I just have to do X, Y, Z to get there. And that seems simple enough. And I'm in a position. It's like somehow they kind of trick you into thinking you're in a position to participate in these kinds of decisions and, and stuff. Because you're a homeowner, you know, and you're making X amount of dollars. And something about that being a homeowner thing, I think for me at the time, like, you know, we already had one previous house. This was a second house. I guess in some ways, because things had gone well with the first house sale, I sort of figured, oh, I'm I'm qualified to make these kind of decisions now because I understand how real estate works or I've had some success. And so, um, and look at me now. I'm in a bigger house with more property and you know, all that kind of stuff. It just kind of all plays into this whole like 
status and um, ego and, you know, like I have and you don't sort of thing, Mm -hmm. Um, which is not a great way to be. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think for me at the time, I hadn't considered being any other way. So that made a lot of sense. Yeah, of Mm. course I want all this stuff. Like, there's no question. I've been dreaming about an Infinity Q45, you know, (laughs) being a high-paid attorney in New York City since I was like, what, seven years old or something Yeah, except I didn't go to law school. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... No, but I could have. That's the point. I'm a genius. Oh, I think the the word you should pay attention to there is, I've been dreaming of... Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of dreams, man. Yeah. Hopes and hopes and dreams. Um, childish dreams. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, whatever the paperwork was, whatever yeah. the follow-up contact was, like, I don't know. I probably talked to you into this thing. I was <laughs> I like, think I so. think we need to do this. Like, I think, like, this well, you, is the yeah. next step. I mean, you did say, I think it's a good idea, you know. And, like, I have to say, like, all that stuff you know, me looking at it without having gone to that mm-hmm. conference, I was on board. I yeah. liked the way that, again, it just like made sense. It was like laid out in this way where I was like, oh yeah, yeah, it, we can it, totally do that. It was also like talking about, it was um, framing it like, so what we're doing is we're making it so like people who are like more starting out at least, like more middle class or whatever. Yeah. Like are going to be able to enter this world of like the top level investors that most people never get any access to mm-hmm. or whatever. So we're like building this community, Loomis Wealth. It's <laughs> like a community. It's a family. It's a big like thing. There's like annual events and things like that that we're going to go to. Right. And like, you know, we, we've we designed this thing because we really feel like it's an important part of, you know, moving humanity forward in order to like, you know, give people this hand up yeah, or whatever. It's not a handout. Yeah. It's a hand up, you know, type thing. And like the and that's why we're doing it. It's like a philanthropic thing right. almost, you know, and, you know, it's just like a bonus that everybody's going to get filthy rich. Right. Too, right? right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I think that's what made this particular Ponzi scheme seem a lot different than any other ones I'd potentially been introduced to. Like, I certainly was familiar with, like, Avon or um, Mary Kay. I'd even, like, sold knives door to door. Um, that wasn't necessarily a Ponzi scheme, but I mean, it was just cold, hard sales. But it might as well have been. Yeah. This didn't require any sales. So... That was one part of it that I think I was like, well, that's different. Right. It didn't require any in, initial money up front. Yeah, it didn't require you know? almost any effort on our part, <laughs> except yeah. for trying to get into this program. Right. And it was like it was like that. It was like, you know, prove to us why you deserve to be in this program. Right. And part of this uh, family, this right. culture, this opportunity, this opportunity. You know, only a select few get to be a part of. Right. So for me, I think I would have had more red flags had there been uh, an initial investment cost or um, something where it was like, you need to sell a product. Yeah, it's like a really interesting angle. It was backwards. If you think about it, because it's like, okay, well, we're going to extract this, we're going to extract this equity from people's homes. Right. And this money, whatever they have saved up. That's your upfront cost. But instead of going after (laughs) like, you know, Bernie Madoff's people who are like, you know, really high, 
millionaires. high level investors yeah. with huge, you know, uh, investment accounts and stuff like that. We're going to go after the middle class. Yeah, because we know they're and all people homeowners. who are who are yearning for more. Yeah, yeah. or whatever. It like was, it's so crazy. It was really, really kind of twisted. I mean, in a way, it's like I got, I got to take my hat off to him. It's like you really found a way, a very, like creepy, manipulative way, to get people on board. Of course, on a smaller scale than some Ponzi schemes, but even so, I mean, yeah. it ended up being bigger than I ever anticipated. Sure. <laughs> so, I think that after that initial conversation, we just both. We both just kind of agreed, okay, like this seems like the right thing to do at this time. Mm -hmm. Why don't we go ahead and pursue this? Let's see what happens. Let's see what, you know, if we actually um, fill out paperwork and say, yes, we want to do this, let's see what's next. Yeah, like what's actually going to happen. What's going to really happen. Because it's still, like most Ponzi schemes, it still wasn't completely clear exactly what was going to happen other than the wealth building. Other than great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that um, after that point, we'd basically just like set up an appointment with them. And that appointment was like, come to such and such, you know, hotel. Right. Um, it was basically an interview. Yeah. And if this interview goes well, you know, we'll have you um, become part of the program and fill out all this, you know, what ended up being, I believe, a mortgage refinance paperwork. Mm hmm. Right? Yeah. Which included giving them all of our personal information. Yeah. And I remember that that particular appointment, like we put a lot of um, pressure on ourselves, you know. Totally. We <laughs> got to really, sell ourselves really to these weird. people. <laughs> no, it's like it's, it, their thing was so effective on us. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, we are smart people. Like we, uh, you know, generally speaking, don't fall for this kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like I feel like we've avoided a lot of other things that could have been these kind of pitfalls, but there was something really kind of special about this that was probably just the right time, the right moment, just combined with their own um Yeah, the tactics. right the right angle and tactics or whatever. They yeah. had like local people local to yeah. Reading who were involved in this thing. Yes. You know, local to the town we live in and stuff, who are actual like business owners. Yeah, that who, that contributed to us, I think, like going forward. Yeah, we're like, well, ha, you know, this has to be legit because right. such and such and such and such person are involved in and, this, and we're familiar with their businesses, and we yeah. kind of like know loosely who they are. Sure. So it's like, okay, well, that again gives you another vote of confidence. Yeah. So I think that in that interview, we ended up, yeah you know applying we applied to be part of the program which basically meant like filling out loan documents and um signing a bunch of stuff saying we're gonna do this 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 and this we're gonna like take on x number of properties right as rental investments Mm -hmm. you know and i believe we committed to two up front Mm -hmm. right Right, because the whole deal was like it wasn't going to really cost us anything. It was just like, you know, like they had found this way, this magical way to make it so that you could get these properties that were in your name Uh or whatever the loans were in your name, you know, whatever title, all the stuff. Yeah. Um, But you didn't have to pay anything out. You were just going to get like, you know, a few hundred dollars per property. Right. 
right. on a monthly basis. Yeah, and that was the other thing I think it was smart about the way they did that was they were actually promising you millions of dollars. You know, right. it wasn't like a get rich quick. It was kind of like a get rich over time. Yeah. And so it was like, you know, basically they were saying you could earn two to $500 a month passive income from these rental properties. So again, it didn't seem ridiculous because the amount of money was relatively small. Right. You know, compared to like what we were paying for our mortgage or something. Yeah. I think the idea was to like build up your passive monthly income to, you know, be able to replace your current earned income. Right. Over time. Over time. And over so many properties. Yeah. Yeah. And you could just, they, they you know, found some way, some loophole, <laughs> quote unquote, you know, where they could like put so many properties in your name for some reason. I still don't understand exactly why, but right. I guess they had an answer for that. <laughs> they had an answer for everything. And like, <laughs> um, so I think that after all that was actually when we got that, um, that person to come out and, you know, reevaluate our property as yeah. part of this process. And that was when appraise. they yeah, appraised it. And that was when, you know, we kind of got the thing that was like, it hasn't increased in value. Was that the person you were talking about earlier? <laughs> no, that's later. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> yeah. No, this was just a regular, you know, appraiser. Just a regular person. I think maybe they said, oh, you know, maybe it's gone up $500. Mm-hmm. You know, it just was like nothing. Yeah. You know. So part of the thing was that we're going to go, we're going to move your, because you're going to be making all this passive income or whatever, we're going to move you to this type of mortgage that's going to make it so you're paying less on a monthly basis because there's right. this whole formula where it's like mm-hmm. you're going to replace this income with this and you're going to have, you know, your your place where you're currently living. Right. Like that is going to be covered by this income that's coming in from these properties that you're going to get and stuff like that. Like there was this whole method yeah. to it and it was like, well... So you have this much equity in your house, but like what good is this equity doing if it's just sitting as a value on your house or whatever? Like what you need to do is take that money and put it in your bank account because we're all about cash. Like you want to have cash. Cash flow. Like a high amount of cash in your in your bank accounts. So you can do whatever you want. Right. So you can put it in this special <laughs> fund that we have set up where you can earn 12% interest that never existed. So this, when I got this news that our house didn't go up in value, because honestly, I think based on our previous experience, I was, I was expecting it to be up $10,000 in a year or something mm-hmm. along those lines. And the fact that it wasn't, I was like, okay, so if we're going to, you know, remortgage this house and you know into this loan where we have this variable you know interest rate deal and we can just pay you know not exactly what the loan payment is i was like uh where's all this equity going to come from because there is no equity in the house like i i at least could do that math where she you know (laughs) when the lady was like it's the same i was all okay so we're supposed to take equity out but there's no equity So I, after that, I was like, okay, so wait a minute. So this is where I started to be like, okay, this doesn't compute. Like I'm Mm going to have to see this on paper or something because in theory that won't work. And so I remember (laughs) 
I remember kind of saying that to you. I was like, you know, I don't, I don't really get it. I don't really get how this is all going to shake down because what they're telling us and what's actually happening basically are two different things. And I remember you were just like, Hey, look, like we just really shouldn't pass this up. Mm. And then you said, there isn't anything else. You know, like we don't have another plan. Mm, we don't have right. a plan B. And because we've already built this picture in our yeah. mind of like what this life is going to be yeah. like, there's no other way to attain that. Right. Right. So it's like, well, you have to follow through with this too. Just see it through to the end. I'm sure <laughs> right. they have it figured out. There's right. other people in town who are doing the same thing, you know? Yeah. And I, and I thought in that moment it revealed to me something I had not been paying attention to at all over the course of all of this chaos, you know, of selling the other house and moving and having a baby and all the things that were happening. I had not paid attention to your feelings about, you know, having anxiety about the future, like, and what might, you know, what might happen if you just, um, you know, like, continued working at the shop and Mm -hmm. we didn't have any other source of income. So I wasn't working at the time at all. Like you were, you were completely responsible for bringing in every dollar that we had. So I realized the way that you kind of responded to that. I finally was like, Oh no, like he's, you know, he's having a hard time. Like there was sort of like some cracks in the, um, in my confidence about what was happening at the shop and the way that you were feeling about one, either working there forever and that becoming your own business or two, you know, what might happen if things changed and, you know, you weren't able to maintain your salary. Right. And those two things had like never entered my mind. And so that was a little bit of like a slap in the face, sort of like, Oh, you know, something's not, something's not right here. Yeah. Like, uh-oh. but like, of course I never, you know, like verbalized those <laughs> no. fears or anything to no. you. No. And you didn't in that moment either. It was just the way you said it, you know, it was hmm. desperate. It sounded dust like desperation. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I don't know why you're desperate. Everything's great. Like <laughs> what, where's all this coming from? Oh man. <laughs> Just like red flags going up <laughs> everywhere. Like it's not too late at this point to blow the whistle no, on everything. It wasn't too late at that moment. But I, again, hearing you say that in that way, I was like, okay, I really, I get it now. I get why you want to do this. And like, I kind of was seeing the writing on the wall for whatever you were like kind of anticipating. And so I thought, you know what? Um, we need to go ahead and do this because. I agree with you. You should have a plan B. Right. This could be the thing that, you know, if if all else fails. Right. We will have a backup plan, and I had never even considered needing one. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, it was like, yep, I get it. I get why you're on board with us. So I I mean, and, and in saying that, too, it's like I don't bring that up to put blame on you or something. It's just the circumstances, you know, of that conversation. Yeah. And I still don't blame you. I mean, it's not, this isn't like a blame game kind of conversation. Like, we both totally just went forward with this together. I mean, 
I wasn't like at any point I wasn't like all, oh no, no, I don't yeah. want to. Like <laughs> I'm like forcing, you know, no. grabbing your hand and making no. you sign your name. Not at all. In shitty like cursive. Or <laughs> no. Like, not even close. In fact, <laughs> once you once we had that conversation and I and I said, Oh, I think you're right, we should do this, I actually became the person that started like pushing this. So this is always what oh. happens to me. It's like if I get on board with something and I there is like an end game thing and I can see, you know, how it could work, then it's like tooth and nail, you know, stubborn to the end of time right. thing. So at that point, I was just like, okay, 100% on board. Like, let's make this happen. Yeah. What are we waiting for? <laughs> Let's get this going, man. And they had like all this, like, you know, they had estate planning and like a, f- a freaking uh, living will and trust, you know, thing. They had all this oh, yeah. stuff that was part of like being this in this community or whatever. So, you know, we started getting all this mail from them, all, right. the, all these things, these things to fill out constantly. Yeah. Yep. And there was also, um, I believe, some kind of weekly or something call. Where, you know, Lee Loomis or someone from their organization uh, would put everybody who's part of, like, buying these properties um, on some kind of an update. So it seemed to me that there was also this kind of personalized contact stuff, not just email and mail. So that contributed to it, too. Feeling like, oh, we're talking to these people Mm -hmm. every week or whatever it was, you know. Right. So... (laughs) So once I get 100% on board, the next part is like, (laughs) this seems so silly, eagerly anticipating when we would get this uh, notification that we've been selected to buy one of the rental properties that they had. Right. And that was like, ooh, you've achieved something. (laughs) So in hindsight, like I always think about this. So, So was this, and I, you know, we've talked about this too, but like, uh, it was this just some thing where they, like, they had to come up with a scheme just to unload these properties on somebody. <laughs> I think. Um, because I think like uh, Lee, uh, like Loomis's father-in-law or something, was some big time oh, like yeah. uh, real estate guy, real right? estate yeah. investor type of guy. So did he just like buy up a bunch of like properties and a bunch of like. Um, you know, in process developments or whatever in these places. And then like, he's like, Oh, like everything's (laughs) going to shit. Like we have to come up with something to unload all these properties. Like what can we do here? I actually, if if I had a guess, um, I think they actually hatched this thing when everything was great. Mm. Um, and they realized sort of like a lot of other people did that were investors of all kinds that this was a way this was like a way to um make a lot of money really quickly Mm. and you know if we got in on this thing earlier we might have actually seen some cash like i think that they set it up in such a way in the beginning to where they were like we can keep this going for a long time as long as the real estate market is positive like Mm -hmm. we're gonna continue like unloading properties buying more properties finding new people yeah and that's the nature of the ponzi scheme you have to find the next person right i mean 
some of this was even so um, specific as to like you well you guys need to change banks to Chase, yeah. J.P. Morgan Chase at the time, right? It wasn't even like Chase Bank. <laughs> or, or, no, it was like Wamu, Washington Mutual. Yeah, it or was. Or something like that. Like, it you was. know. <sighs> we were like Wells Fargo people at the time. Yeah. Which, you know, they're big time shitheads too. But it's like, wow. you know, it's like. Ugh. So. So, like, you know, how far up does this go? I don't know. And I mean, like, I'd love to know, but I still don't know. Yeah. Is it the Illuminati? I don't think they're that cool. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, one thing I forgot to mention is that um, my impression of Lee Loomis at, yeah. at that meeting that I went to mm-hmm. was like, I mean, I guess like he seemed like kind of like a like a drunk uncle or something like that. Not even not drunk, but like just kind of like well, kind of like absent minded and like like scattered. Um, Joe, Joe Biden, <laughs> Uncle Joe, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, before he became vice president. I would whatever, agree. You know, I can remember enough about that. Yeah. A little bit of a buffoon compared, yeah. like compared with the other, like thinking back on it compared with the other people who talked. Yeah. And you, I think you picked up on that with the, um, the weekly calls. I did. Or whatever yeah. you were like, cause you know, he would like bumble and stumble words and like yeah kind of not have any substance to what he was saying or whatever he was like the snake charmer and everybody else was like pushing the paperwork or whatever yep yeah so um i I think that uh, you know once we kind of said well we'd like to buy some properties then they basically um sent a person to our house who again was a local business owner yep and she sat down with us and like did this sort of budget worksheet based on our income and expenses, right? Like it was just like a profit and loss statement. And she's asking us stuff like, how much money do you spend on groceries? And how much money do you spend on clothes? And like we're giving her these numbers, right? Which, you know, keep in mind, like there were some things that we were totally blowing money on, like house repairs and bicycle parts and whatever else lots of bicycle parts (laughs) uh vintage clothing and you know whatever but there were other things that we really budgeted really tight on you know because you know i come from a family that's very thrifty yeah and like you know there's certain things where i'm i'm just i'm the kind of person especially at that point where i'm trying to i'm worried about every dollar like i i have anxiety about spending any money Mm -hmm. even though (laughs) based on the story doesn't sound like it which again is because i'm like not in my right mind like right i mean really truly coming off of all the pregnancy stuff i just wasn't myself i was very like vulnerable so um anyway she's saying like well how much do you think you spend on clothes every month and i said something like 20 dollars you know (laughs) Which is true. <laughs> Which really is true. I mean, like, I'm yeah. totally a thrift store shopper, and, you know, our kids wore hand-me-down clothes and stuff. And she was like... And she was like, no. No. Like, there's no way you spend that little on clothes. She's like, what's the real number? Yeah. And the same thing for, like, groceries. What do you spend on groceries? I don't know. I probably said something like five or $600 a month. No. <laughs> I was like, well, that is actually what we spend. She's like, I don't really want to write that down. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, well, why not? 
isn't it good that we're not spending more money? I mean, this the, again, this was kind of like this thing where I was like, this doesn't make sense to me, but I don't know what questions to ask. Like, you know, I, I think what she was actually doing in that process was she was subtly trying to tell us that we did not qualify, that we should not do this. Oh, there was yeah. an element to that, mm-hmm. like where she was going, you don't make enough money mm-hmm. to lose this much money. Because mm-hmm. she knew, you know, she was in on... The scheme. Right. She was like the, she worked for Oh, Loomis, yes. And basically. she herself was invested in it. Right. And her business. Mm-hmm. Right. So she's like. That's so funny because I never would have picked up on those th- those things. But I think you're probably right. She was trying to be like, hey, hey <laughs> maybe this isn't for you type of thing or whatever. But, but she never came right out and said that. No. You know, if she'd come right out and said that, I'm maybe I would have considered it. I would have really been like, well, first I would probably have been mad. How dare you tell me I can't afford this? <laughs> right. And then, you right. know. We didn't make like an insignificant amount of money either. It was no. just like, you know, based on our expenses, I think she could tell that like, well, these are just like poor people who barely started <laughs> getting some, like a little bit of money. Like, yeah. You know, like, do we really want to kick them like r- squarely in the dick right yeah. now? You yeah. know, or do we want to fucking like, we got bigger fish to fry here. You yeah, know? I think we were probably the, I mean, we may have been the poorest people of all the people that they signed up. I mean, honestly. I mean, thank God. Because <laughs> we didn't have like a bunch of savings no. to sink into this bullshit 12% APY, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, guaranteed rate of return savings account. You know, we didn't have, yeah. we had some equity in our home and that was it. Very little. Very right. little. Yeah. Like we really had nothing. I mean, on, t- on paper, we had nothing. Like our, our cars weren't really worth anything. Like everything she asked us was just kind of like, uh, nope, nope. That's not an, uh, like, that's not an asset. Yeah. That's so funny. I didn't pick up on any of that. And like, how many businesses do you own? None. It's hilarious how you ruined your lives. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> so she said, I remember at the end of this thing, she had her calculator out and this whole deal, right? I remember she said at the end of this thing, she was like, well, why don't you guys think about it? Uh, let me know. You know, look this over, this sheet of profit and loss, whatever it was. Um, that was probably the only sheet we ever got that had real numbers on it. And um, you, you think about it and you let me know, right? So we talked this over. And and again, I, I feel like her, whatever warning she was trying to give us worked in reverse. And it just made us be like, of course we're going to do this. Like, yeah. What does she think? What's her problem? Yeah. So we called her up the next day and we're like, yep, let's go ahead with it. Blah, blah, blah. So then, <laughs> so then I'm thinking, okay, they did talk a little bit about, well, we're going to use the equity from your home um, to, you know, make a down payment, a small down payment, mind you, on a rental property, you know, so that when we put this property you know, in your name and you take on the mortgage, you know, you're going to put a down payment down. Well, that all sort of squares up, right? As you'd expect. Well, I remember thinking, okay, we don't have any money uh, to put into a down payment. Like our savings is too small to do that. Um, our house doesn't have any equity. I'm like going, I don't think this is going to work. Like, you know, again, I'm just like, the math doesn't make any sense. So I remember I saw her, the same lady, 
um, in the parking lot of Safeway. And, you know, this was, um, I believe, right at the same time when we got in a letter from them, from Loomis, that said, guess what? You've been selected to, you know, um, I don't know how they put it, receive this rental property or whatever it was, right? Uh, congratulations, you know, all those kind of yeah, stuff, Yeah, man, right? pop, pop the champagne. <laughs> um, and so, you know, and it said something like, your down payment is $20,000. And I was all, Wait. well, I don't have $20,000. Hold on a sec here. <laughs> hey, hold the phone. Um, I'm not giving anybody $20,000. So I see her in the parking lot, right? And I said, hey, you know, we got this letter. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's so exciting. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's super exciting. I was like, but uh, uh, it said that there's going to be a $20,000 down payment. And I was like, um, but we don't have $20,000. She's like, right. oh, you know what? Don't worry about it. We figured out a way to just go ahead and transfer that money from Loomis to, you know, your like escrow account. So we're going to take care of that and then we'll get it back later in like fees or I don't even know how she put it's it. It's like I'm convinced that they were building the houses. They <laughs> yeah. had all this they had all this inventory they had to unload so they figured out this scheme to unload it on the middle class like, you know, suckers that they could sucker into this deal. Right. And then they're like the, you know, they also owned like this and this and this uh like mortgage company. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, so they're like writing the loans for this thing and they have this this account or whatever that they're paying the down payments quote unquote paying the down payments out of that where no money is actually like moving. So no, they anywhere. weren't paying anything. Right. They were actually just writing money. <laughs> they were just writing numbers into forms. Right. And no money actually moved. And they were saying so what I finally caught on to I mean, it was too late, but it was like, they were saying they deposited that money into our account. And I was like, they did. So then I went back. I'm like, uh, I don't think so. I go back and look at my bank statements. Like, no, they never deposited any money ever. Like, <laughs> at what point did you start to shit bricks? <laughs> Seeing that because like, I feel like, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't shit one brick until like you <laughs> let me know that oh this is like really bad <laughs> and then i was like oh no actually you know what you actually were the first person in this situation to say like i've got a question mark and that was um when we were signing the papers for the second property <laughs> <laughs> Is that at Water Park or Desert Hot Springs? I can't I don't remember. Know. So yeah, one or the other. We got the <laughs> so the first so both of these properties that we received and were um, you know, in Southern California somewhere we'd never heard of before, sight unseen. I mean, we bought these things sight unseen. Yeah, we had um, maybe one picture. You're right. Uh, maybe. Um, there were a few pictures of each, but you know, who knows? Like, who knows what that was even a picture of? We don't even know if that was the house. That could have been Tatooine for all we know. <laughs> you know, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru's fucking, you know, like retirement home. And yeah, and then I off had, of the you know moisture collect collection farm or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Honestly, like after the fact, when I really looked into it, where is this place? I was like, oh my god, no wonder they couldn't sell these things. Like, they're in the middle of the desert. There's nothing here. Hmm. So, uh, 
Just paradise. Oh, yeah. All right. So the other thing that happened was the first house that we signed on to with this $20,000 thing, um, they had to send a notary out to our house to finalize all these papers and everything. And she was not part of Loomis. She was just a local notary, right? So she comes out and she's just kind of asking us a little bit like, um, so, wow, you guys are buying some property in Southern California or whatever. And I was like, yeah, is not great? And she was like, asked me like the most basic question. Something like, um, you know, how, like, how did you find this property? You know, it's such a good deal or whatever it was, you know? And I, and then I said, oh, we signed up with this, you know, property investment place that's called Loomis Wealth. And she was like, I've never heard of that. You know, and then she, and then she was like, well, what, what does it look like? Like, what's the floor plan? Like something like that. Like just oh make it chit chat. Right. And I was like, I don't know. Like, wait, <laughs> are you a prophet from the future? Are you fucking like, <laughs> are you Marty McFly? Did you come back and you're trying to get me to, you know? Oh God. No, anyway. I'm just asking like normal questions that anybody would ask somebody who right. is talking about this or. We're talking about real estate. So I said, oh, I don't oh, know. I haven't, I haven't actually seen the floor plan or I don't know what it looks like inside. And she was like, wait, you mean you're buying this place? And you've never been there? And I was like, well, duh, dude, that's how <laughs> fucking real top line investors do it. Like, man, what are you? Some kind of like basic bitch. Yeah. Right. Basic reading bitch. <laughs> like, you know, notary like, Ooh, like you're not a cool, like cool investor. So I was like, are you cool even? And so then of course, what did I do? I turned around and started like trying to sell her on it. Yeah. Oh, you should totally get involved with this Loomis place and buy yourself some property and whatever the hell I said. And she was like, thanks. And like, <laughs> I mean, she oh, she did her job, got it done, left. Sure. And she was just kind of like, good luck. And then, as fate would have it, after all this shit blew up my face, I saw her at the grocery store later. And then she said, how those rental properties work? Did she, she remembered. <laughs> oh, she re- totally Whoa, remembered. I don't remember if I ever heard about that. Oh, that was a sad day. <laughs> oh boy, that's a sad little story. Yeah, it's really. What, what grocery store? Oh, Winco, where all poor people shop. You know. Yeah. Ugh. Got off my high horse. Uh, yeah, it was bad. So, um, oh, yeah. Man. Anyway, so we we go through the same process with the second property. Same story, except this time we're not asking where did the down payment money come from because, like, well, they got handled. Right. We know where that, yeah, how that happens. That's fine. And so then as we got those papers, that's just a thing where they pretend to transfer money to our account and we pretend to say yes. We saw that money thing. Right. Yeah. So then you said when you're signing your name on that, it's like the final, we're closing escrow document you know after like five million pages of paperwork it's like the last it's the last signature that like seals your fate right and you're like i don't know if we should sign this what (laughs) yeah really i said that oh yeah wow that's crazy you totally said that and i was like why wouldn't we sign it and you were like well it's um kind of like a lot of responsibility really you're like, we're going to have three mortgages. And I was like... This was while a notary was at our house? No. 
This was like after the fact. This is like the last little thing. It's just like you're closing escrow. You don't need a like a notary for that part. It's just kind of like you're you're just kind of finalizing money transferring or whatever. And oh man, this was like a little sidebar. Like if you're ever, <laughs> if you ever like, I don't remember this. I, I probably blocked it out of my memory. But if you're ever finding yourself going. <laughs> Like having, you know, expressing that serious of doubts, like either out loud to your significant other or like in your head, yeah. like you might want to just like pump the brakes for a fucking second. Yep. Yep. And Except maybe talk to somebody else. Yeah. Talk to a third party. Cause I was hard selling you on it. Like in that moment, I wasn't like your friend. Like you were just like, I'm feeling kind of like a lot of anxiety, you know? about all of this debt that we're going to have. And I was just like, but this is supposed to be a good thing, right? Because you wanted to get these rental properties. So if you don't (laughs) sign it, then we won't have any rental properties. So I don't understand why you would even ask me that. (laughs) It's almost kind of like you were like, um, well, dude, you wanted, you pushed for this. Right. Like what you're going to like, you know, like get get off the like shit or get off the yeah. pot. Yeah. Now, like, I mean, it's too late to fuck around now. Like, you already said this, and it's going to be awesome. So, like, what's your problem? Right. Exactly. So, for me, it just became this black and white, do or die. There is no gray area. There is no question. This is what we're doing, and unfortunately, that's the way I kind of operated. I would say throughout my entire life until maybe I was thirty. I mean, I just. It's that overconfidence is like that um, thinking you know everything problem. And that's you're really funny. I don't remember expressing doubt in any way during that. That's that's I remember that really moment. Interesting. I remember that moment really clearly because it kind of scared me. And oh. you know, like I remember we were sitting on the couch in the living room, you know, we had all this paperwork on the coffee table, or we just sitting there signing stuff, and you'd already signed eight other things. And it was like that last one where you were just like, I don't know. Right. Should we do this? I mean, we're only signing it too. It's not like you have to like send it anywhere after that. You could fucking take it to the <laughs> shredder and shred it. Yeah. It wasn't too late at that point. You could just be like, no, we don't want to do this. Fuck off. So I, I uh, convinced you. Oh no. Oh no. This is what we're doing. And so we signed it. That almost it makes back. you sound like the bad guy, but it's totally not. <laughs> like you're just like following through on my. I drank thing. the Kool-Aid. Yeah. So well, did you? I mean, it's good sometimes. <laughs> so that was the irony of that. Blue raspberry, man. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm. So good. So yeah, I think that was all done, and then we were the proud owners of two rental properties, right? Atwater and Desert Hot Springs. Yeah, and I think one was sort of like outside of Palm Springs or Palmdale or somewhere. You can Google it. You can duck, duck, go it if you don't want to share your metadata with uh, the devil. The powers that be at Google. Yeah. Um, Or, uh, yeah, I believe the other one, Atwater, was, I mean, I want to say it was like Bakersfield. I don't know. Wasn't, I don't know, dude. wasn't good. It's just like, you know, a bunch of places that, I mean, just like here, there were developers that like bought up a bunch of acreage yeah. and like, you know, subdivided and 
then were also the builders or whatever. Oh, yeah. They hired builders and then like they got stuck with all this inventory that nobody wanted. Nobody wanted to pay enough for to make it worth it. So keep in mind, these were all brand new houses. I mean, this was not like buying a rental, you know, say like a duplex somewhere that's like an old house that needs to be updated. I mean, these are brand new. Nobody's lived in them. Uh, There's supposed to be a property management on site. There's supposed to be, you know, like, what do you call that? Like a community, you know, like where everybody keeps their yard nice kind of a thing. Yeah. It's like Um, a... Whatever that's called. But anyway, um, like... Those that's the way it was built, and that's that is what they were. They were new, um, but they were just all empty. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's like, oh, wait, we never thought about the fact that somebody might actually need to rent these things. Well, and they they made it clear that they were going to handle that, right? They were gonna they were gonna rent them, they're gonna they're already rented. They're, probably. yeah, we've got people lined up. We're gonna we're gonna become your property management, we're going to do the application process. We're going to take care of repairs. We're going to do all that for you. And you're just going to collect, you know, this dollar amount, whatever is left over. Yeah. Just collect your check at the end. <laughs> um, so I, I believe that they, they were also paying the mortgage payments for us mm-hmm. while we waited for renters. Was that nice of them? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really nice of them at the time. But there was a point at one point where they're just like, um, like we need to send, you know, you need to send in this much for your mortgage payments. Actually, before they even got to that, they started, they started harassing us for, um, money to put into the high yield, uh, you know, investment savings account thing, right. which was called NARUS. And I don't know what that stands for. Um, <laughs> N-A-R-U-S. Oh, weird. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. That's true. Um, and, you know, we had gotten all that paperwork too, right? But this, again, I was deterred by the idea that uh, you had to have dollars, that you're going to write them a check, they're going to put it into this fund, and then you would just leave it there to collect this interest. Right. Well, I was like, hmm, I don't really have a lot of savings, so I don't really want to do that. Mm-hmm. And then I remember like one day you like, you know, came home from work and said, oh, they called today and they really need us. If we're going to get in on this Naris thing, they're going to need like a $5,000 check like by six o'clock. <laughs> and I was like, what? That's so crazy. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to write them a $5,000 check by six o'clock. Why do they need it by six o'clock? Yeah. And you're like, I don't know. That's I- completely ridiculous. <laughs> And I was like, well, it's you almost don't know. as if it's not, none of this is real and you've been <laughs> fucking duped. I was like, I'm not sending them any money. Yeah. I'm like that. That's not cool. I don't know why they need our money by six o'clock, but I'm not doing that. Yeah. And that was probably the first, my first indicator that something wasn't right. That and was I, where the worm turned. Yeah. Man. And I also was just kind of like, no, yeah. no. <laughs> So at some point, like, you know, you started paying attention to, you know, your gut feeling on certain things where it's like, well, and yeah, I mean, I guess it really like had to do with actual money changing hands. Yeah. Because up until that point, it was all this like kind of amorphous, like 
It was just know, numbers on paper. Undefined thing. Yeah. Like, oh, well, you have this much equity in your house. Right. And because of that, you know, we pulled that out and we put it in your bank account. And you right. can do this and this and this and pay off these debts and that right. debt. And now your, you know, monthly expenses are so much less. And we're going to add this, you know, rental income in on top of that. Right. And so you're achieving these, these like benchmarks in this program and the all this stuff. The milestones or whatever. Boom, boom, boom. Like everything is on track, you know? Okay. Now it's time to write us a $5,000 check by 6 p.m. Um, no. <laughs> so now. Yeah. Now your bullshit detector is like just fucking sparkling. Yeah. Well, that has a lot to do with me um, not breastfeeding anymore. Uh-huh. So it, this all kind of coincided with you know charlie being 18 months old or so and some time passing after that where i was like oh i've actually gotten a night's sleep oh i've stopped breastfeeding okay hormone levels are returning to normal like my brain function is like kicking in again and so yeah it's way easier for me to say no and you know i don't think i recognized what was going on like in the moment but looking back on it it's pretty clear like I made some really terrible, terrible decisions <laughs> under the influence <laughs> of estrogen. I don't know. Ugh. It's just kind of crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I think that at that point I kind of started to smell a rat, but it was, they were, you know, so far so good on the rental properties. And um, I was still kind of like holding out hope. Yeah. You know, and I think you were too. We still hadn't seen any cash. No. Come in from it. No cash had come in. Right, but they hadn't start at, started asking us for money until that thing where it's like, oh, we need. Uh-huh. So it's like they uh-huh. had something where they needed $5,000. Probably needed from every to, person that they knew. Yeah, they needed to post it by <laughs> such and such time so that they could pay the mortgages for all of their clients on this and this and this. Right. Or whatever. And it's like, oh, shit. And the whole thing is like just fucking crumbling down like uh, Inception. Yes. Like yes. all the buildings are like <laughs> turning in on themselves and, you know, like flipping sideways and fucking like, you know. Right. The architect, whatever. like The architect messed took up. Took an ambient or something. Yeah. and That's how Inception works, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is like 2008 at this point. This is like early 2008, I believe, when this starts to happen. And I think that we... We owned these properties probably for a total of, I want to say, three months or four months before things started to go awry. Mm -hmm. And um, the other thing that we did in this process was, you know, like you said, we changed banks. We refinanced the house. Mm -hmm. We went from having two mortgages to having one. So, you know, going into buying this place, we really couldn't afford it. So we finagled this you know, two mortgage deal. So the second mortgage was all about paying the property taxes. And now we've gotten rid of all that. We've got this one mortgage, right? At a different bank. It's a variable interest rate. And so basically the way this is working is um, instead of actually paying down our mortgage each month, as you do with a traditional mortgage, right? We're only paying a portion of the interest, so it's like neg- <laughs> it's negative amortization, where it's like yeah, your loan value that you owe is growing each month when every, you make a payment. Yes, every time you pay, you're actually going deeper into to that. Yeah, because paying the full 
payment. Holy <laughs> shit. I don't think that's even legal now. Yeah. They I can't do that so. anymore. Yeah. So our payment went from being, I mean, we already almost couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. It was something like $1,800 a month. Or, that was the first. Yeah. There was this, With the second, it was like 2200 But with this one, it jumped up to like 28 or some crazy thing. No, with the the refinance that we did, it was like fifteen hundred bucks. Oh, but that's if you wanted to go backwards. I'm right. saying if you wanted to go forward, you yeah. wanted to like actually make some headway. Right. Your mortgage payment would be more. But we never did that. No, we didn't I, make no. that payment once. <laughs> no, so it never. was really and, and the purpose of it was to pull the in, the uh, equity cash. out, quote unquote equity out, and put it in the bank where you would have cash. You'd be cash rich. Right. Somehow we didn't do that. Maybe we did it for a couple of months. Uh, we had a little bit of savings. Yeah. Maybe that's how we paid for some of those crazy repairs that we did. I don't <laughs> probably. Know. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So anyway, we've, we've started to go backwards on our own personal property. And we're thinking that, you know, Loomis has got the other ones under control. So at this point, I'm not panicked. You know, I'm still thinking, Yeah. They're still doing what they've said they're going to do. I don't yeah. think you were panicked, were you? I don't think so. I didn't panic until you dropped, like, the bomb on me that, like, <laughs> like we're fucked or whatever. Like, I didn't panic until then. Okay. And then it was like, oh, I'm real panicked. Okay. <laughs> I still have, like, anxiety from this this particular bomb being dropped upon me. Yeah. So maybe that's where we'll... Um, you know, we'll kind of leave this. This is like, well, this is really part one because there's so much more after the fact. Um, But basically things started to, like you said, crumble. And um, we, we got on these conference calls, right. Which as we had been, which everything was like coming up roses on all the other calls, you know, totally. Then all of a sudden we get this call where it's like, um, they're, they're starting to say, Oh, well, um, you'll have to pay the property management fees this month. Right. Um, we're having a little bit of a cash flow issue um, because of this and that. I don't remember what the <laughs> excuse was. Um, but it's just for this one month. And, you know, everything will go back to normal next month. So right. everybody can just, you know, pay their property management, which was like $200 or something. Um, yeah. And then we'll, like, talk to you next week and we'll update you on the next thing and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, we can pay a couple hundred dollars that's not that big of a deal right so we do that and then we get on the next call right (laughs) i don't i mean i cannot remember whatever these bullshit excuses were that they came up with but basically it was like we're not actually going to be able to make anybody's mortgage payments this month so you're going to have to cover those and i was like what i was you know Uh, in, in that moment i thought we won't have to do that because they bought the properties. <laughs> you're like, I'm still like in fantasy land. Like, right. And you're like, no, our names are on those houses. We signed those mortgage papers and we owe that money. And I was like, what? Yeah. All we have is like some <laughs> handshake that we're part of this deal where they're going to pay this. I was like, but they, and they never even put that in writing. No, probably. Anywhere. I'm sure we never even asked. So I was like, Oh, okay. Now we're all of a sudden, <laughs> 
We got to come up with what, like thirty five hundred bucks or something like that, like or? per property, per property plus our own mortgage. No, it wasn't per property, but it was like, well, you know, it was thousands of yeah. dollars that they're asking for all of a sudden. Yes, that we're not prepared to pay. And we didn't even have that. I think so. Basically, we had our entire life savings, like our you know worth or whatever you want to call it, at that moment. We could pay our own mortgage payment, and we could pay one payment on each of those properties and then we would have zero dollars hmm. and that was all right. we had basically in the world <laughs> <laughs> and if you'd like to find out what we actually did <laughs> yeah how do we how do we square all that um yeah i mean the rest of this the rest of the story is really um about sort of waking up and like figuring out how we're going to end this crazy <laughs> pursuit that we've been on and how to survive um all of the cleanup that basically has to happen after we realize we owed at this time a million dollars total <laughs> so <laughs> wow yeah that was a lot of debt right <laughs> it's just a number you know it's like it's not real <laughs> until it's like actual Dollars in your bank account? That's even just a number. Who knows, man? I don't, you know, and when I realized I owed a million dollars, I really didn't feel rich. I didn't feel like a baller. Did you feel kind of like sick? Oh, I felt very, very nauseous. <laughs> when that when that number finally occurred to me, I like added it all up and I was like, oh, shit. And soon after that, I felt very nauseous myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, um, that, that was like the bubble popping. Yeah. The worm <laughs> definitely turned for us and yeah. it didn't turn in like a good way. No. The worm turned in the <laughs> worst way fucking possible. Well, it was like the worm that's in Beetlejuice, you know, yeah. like, where you look out the window and those like sandworms are coming. Yeah. It was like that. <laughs> that was the feeling I got. Yeah, man. The worm is the spice and the spice <laughs> is the worm. You know, like fucking watch the movie Dune and kill yourself. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> because think... that's the only way out. But that wasn't true for us. No. <laughs> what a terrible thing to say. Is that how you felt in the moment? Yeah. Like you just want to kill yourself and like be I mean, done with it? I could never do that. But... No, but I mean, like, were you just like, I want to go to the moon? You got to consider all your options. I don't think uh, Watchmen had come out yet, so I didn't know about sitting on on a red planet making clocks yet. I think that's just, I mean, so not everybody knows you as well as I do, but that's basically your way of saying, I freaked out. Oh, I freaked the fuck out. I freaked out so hard that, like, I just wanted to disappear, right? Yeah. For me, (laughs) when I freak out like that, I don't don't want to disappear. I just get mad. <laughs> I get real mad. Uh, that sounds useful. <laughs> well, I think it was useful in this case. That's, I'm serious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in this particular case, I think it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so stay tuned to uh, hear what the the clockmaker makes. <laughs> stay tuned for the uh, wrap up of this like horror story. Who will watch the Watchmen? Or does watch that the Watchmen? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like part of the movie. Are they like the watchers of the superheroes? The watchmen? Are they watchers of the bad guys? 
So Watchman or Watchman? It's Watchman. <laughs> Watchman. It's very 20th century. Yeah, man. So we watch people. <laughs> watch persons. Yeah. We're gender inclusive, yeah. you bitch. Oh, wait. <laughs> that's not gender inclusive. Fuck. Yeah. God. Shit. Come on. So much cursing toward the end. Okay. Well, babe. Yeah. Let me tell you this. Okay. I love you, babe. Love you too, babe.